Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Few people in Mendocino County who are not elected officials have created as much enmity and as many disruptive relationships as has Richard W. Johnson Jr., who since 1984 has been the owner, editor, and publisher of four local newspapers under the banner of Mendocino Country. Richard Johnson died March 16, 2011 at age 66. This interview intended as a tribute to his life was originally broadcast February 19, 2008. And he claims, among many other things, to be the original organizer of California Certified Organic Farmers, the recipient of the Walking Stick Award from the Mendocino Environmental Center in 1992 for promoting ocean sanctuary off the Mendocino coast, and was the original proponent of Measure G on the 2000 ballot. When I invited Richard Johnson to visit Radio Curious, he said he would like to discuss the amazing but little understood and seldom appreciated Richard Johnson, his life and times. We touched on those and a few other topics in this conversation recorded in the studios of Radio Curious on February 19, 2008, and began when I asked him about some of the areas where he would like to be better understood. Well, Richard Johnson, welcome to Radio Curious. Thanks, Barry, for inviting me to be on your radio program. When we were extending your invitation to be here, you wrote back about how you feel that you are a little understood and seldom appreciated. And amazing. Let's talk about being little understood. What are some of the areas where you would like to be better understood? I think, uh, Barry, as an intelligent person, a well-educated person, you're familiar with the dynamic around here that uh, people as w have a generally lower level of education than we do, and so they can't always appreciate the amazingness of things that we do. And so that's what I feel, that a lot of people don't appreciate uh, what I'm able to do and what I have done. When you look back over the years, I've been here for 25 years. And I've done a lot of amazing things, and I'm still doing them. What would you consider the top three in the quarter century that you've been here? I started the uh, California Certified Organic Farmers Organization here back about 20 years ago. I was hired as a, as a community organizer. I'm a full-time community organizer, self-funded. I uh, publish four newspapers, one of which is in Spanish. It's called El Sol, E-L-S-O-L. And the others are Mendocino Country Independent, which is the political paper, Mendocino Country Confluence, which is the county's only holistic health paper, and Mendocino Country Diversity, which is a countywide art and entertainment guide. Now, in this day and age, very few people uh, own newspapers. There's a handful of corporate chains that own them. And in this county, for example, there's five local newspapers, all of which are owned by the same corporation. As a community activist, as a journalist, newspaper owner, editor, publisher, 
it would seem to me that you have certain specific goals or social ideals yeah. that you would like to advance. Yeah, I'm a radical. I'm looking for revolution. I moved here to make a revolution. What are you revolting against? Um, complacency, uh, standardization, the Democrat Party, American nationalism, war, capitalism. How would society be after Richard Johnson's revolution? Can you describe a typical day for us here in Mendocino <laughs> County? I think, I think a lot of people in Mendocino County are already enjoying post-revolution life and that they don't have a job where they have to take bull poop from stupid employers. They design their own lives around their own enjoyment and they, uh, for example, own property and and have resources and gardens and occupations that challenge their intellect and and they're living fulfilled lives and that's how we all should be but as you know the majority of men live lives of quiet desperation that's a quote from some english author in american life as well as here in the normal middle of the road mendocino county people they go from day to day in desperation, in other words, looking for meaning in life and also looking for the next dollar to pay the rent or to keep the gas from being turned off. You know, this is not life. This is a kind of slavery. So when you ask about revolution, what I'm saying is that everybody has the right to enjoy a fulfilling life. And that means freedom from economic worry. It means uh, spiritual freedom and the freedom to enjoy substances, for example, if they want to without harming other people. And um, laws and rules of capitalist society in general, not just in Mendocino County, prevent us from doing that. So that's what I'm looking for. Well, I hear you describing two groups. One are the people who are fortunate enough to own their own land and set up their lives and work uh, how and when they wish in areas where they wish, and other people who can't quite do that. Who, to whom are you directing your revolution? Oh, anybody that'll listen. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, discriminating, but I publish newspapers, and I aim my newspapers at the constituencies that I think are going to most receive what I have to say. And I have a website, too, www.mendocinacountry.com. I want everybody to look at it because I put news on it every day. Are you the exclusive writer for your papers? No. Who else writes? Uh, I steal a lot of stuff from the Internet. For example, the latest issue has an article about how the Lakota have declared independence in, uh, in the Midwest. And uh, those articles were written by other people, and I just took them off the Internet. I also solicit articles from other people, local writers. Richard, you still haven't said how you would implement a revolution, the Richard Johnson Revolution. Well, it's probably going to happen long after I'm gone. But I would say that one place to start would be to elect environmental supervisors. That's something we have not been able to do since Dan Hamburg was on the Board of Supervisors 15, 20 years ago, whenever that was. And he was the last environmentalist that was elected. Between now and then, we have been electing liberals, people who have said they're going to do good by the environment, but when they get in office, they vote one way one day and the other way the next. And you can go down the list of all the issues, you know, here in Mendocino County, from Masonite to uh, the Coal Creek compost plant, 
uh, back into history about the offshore oil drilling, uh, you name it. Uh, oh, the grading ordinance. The grading what, what ordinance. grading ordinance? Oh, yeah. I mean, grading there, ordinance. There isn't one. There was until the Board of Supervisors voted to stop working on it last April or whenever that was, and the Democrats on the board joined the Republicans and the Libertarians in killing it. But the basic reason was that we environmentalists failed to make them responsible for their votes, and we have failed to get electoral power. Now, as fully realized, spiritually liberated beings, a lot of us think that going for political power is evil or selfish or, or bad. And what we have to do is get rid of that idea and, and instead replace it with the idea that political power would be good if it were in our hands. And what we need to do is get some and exercise it. And what we need to do is elect environmentalists. So that would be a, a good halfway step I would like to see accomplished in my lifetime is that we elect at least three, if not five, supervisors to the board, uh, board of supervisors. When you say um, fully realized, spiritually liberated beings, who did, who did you have in mind? I was being facetious. A lot of us think we're fully realized, spiritually liberated beings, and, and maybe not, you know, as you know. I'm thinking of the left. I'm thinking of the environmental community, the pot-smoking, back-to-the-land uh, folks. In your estimation, what percentage of the electorate does that community make up in Not this enough. county? Not enough. What we need to do is register more to vote. And a lot of uh, folks out there in the hills are not registered to vote. We need to register them. In terms of the population of the county of approximately 90,000, what would you say that percentage would be? Let me give you the example that in the year 2000, Measure G passed by 58% of the vote. So I think that's the percentage of the voters at that time who either smoked or didn't think that smoke, smoking for personal use was that bad. They tolerated the idea of marijuana smoking. We're going to have another test of that in June with Measure B. For listeners outside of Mendocino County, you were involved in the drafting of Measure G. That's correct. Can you uh, describe it briefly? There's about five points to it. The main thing to remember about Measure G is it is the expression of the voters of Mendocino County that marijuana should be decriminalized at the state and federal level, completely decriminalized. And that there's about five different provisions. One major one is that the sheriff and the district attorney are forbidden from investigating, arresting, or prosecuting any case of 25 or fewer plants. The sheriff and the DA are to make marijuana the lowest possible priority of their enforcement and prosecution activities. Another one would be is the Board of Supervisors is required to lobby state and federal governments for the decriminalization of marijuana. And this was an expression of the voters as opposed to establishing an ordinance within the Mendocino County collection of ordinances. Actually, it is established in the Mendocino County. But that was done last year by yeah. the Board of Supervisors. Well, it should have been done right after the vote, but it wasn't done. So many people say that Measure G became an invitation to people from outside of Mendocino County to come here and grow marijuana because it would be a freer, less prosecuted area to do that. 
And as a result, uh, many people say that there are foreign influences, foreign being outside of Mendocino County as well as uh, from other nations, where people will grow plantations of marijuana with several thousand plants, which has brought uh, a lot of violence and untoward behavior in the community. Would you accept that as an assumption? Absolutely not. Where do you distinguish that? Measure G provides for personal use. I'm talking about the result of Measure G, not the provisions of it. In blaming Measure G for the excesses and abuses, which are reprehensible all the way around. Some of which I've just mentioned. Yeah, all that is reprehensible and not condoned by Measure G, and I personally condemn it. And people shouldn't be doing that stuff. On the other hand... Measure G is not to blame for it. And in blaming Measure G, those who propose Measure B, the proponents, are stigmatizing us as a culture. When I say us, what I mean is those who approve Measure G uh, or are likely to approve uh, Measure G in the future, those who approve of personal use. I'd like to say that in this edition of Radio Curious, we're talking with Richard Johnson, who's been living and working and editing and writing and publishing four newspapers and been involved in many different political projects for approximately 25 years here in Mendocino County. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Richard, addressing some of the problems that have occurred in the past seven and a half years here in Mendocino County related to marijuana, what would you say? I'd say the Board of Supervisors needs to create a zone. Uh, marijuana agricultural zone. Just like timber production zone? There you go. Describe what you have in mind. Uh, The Board of Supervisors would create a medical marijuana production category of zoning under the county zoning ordinances, and that it would specify how far away marijuana production should take place, uh, separated from private residences, that it not be visible, that the supplying infrastructure like uh, whatever, water trucks, uh, the employee housing, all of which is easily regulatable, for example, in the agricultural code, and uh, that would solve the problem. But the, the powers that be around here don't want that. They want marijuana to be a problem so they can stomp on those who approve of marijuana. That's exactly what's going on. Who are the powers that be? I would start with John Mayfield Jr., and I'd follow up with Richard Seltzer, and then I would follow up with the the, uh, Central Committee of the Republican Party, the Builders Exchange, the Employers Council, and the uh, all the bankers in town, and the real estate agents. What powers do you allege that they wield? Well, they own the majority of the property. They have the majority of the money. The, the guy that owns, the individual that owns the savings bank in Mendocino is a billionaire, for God's sakes. He, he, he's, he has crushed whole families and generations of people that have borrowed money from his bank and can't repay. He has taken their property. Well, that's, that's a very strong statement. How do you justify that with specifics? Well, there you go. 
<laughs> Where? It's all wild accusations, Barry. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, therefore, I want to get to the gist of the wild accusations uh, yeah. because many people in this community say exactly that. Richard Johnson makes wild accusations. And it's true. It's true. Just wild accusations are my stock and trade. Are they true accusations? Uh, irresponsible uh, email statements, too. What do you mean? Oh, for example, I criticize people uh, by in my email messages. You do? And then I get ostracized. I've seen that. Yeah. And at other times, I've seen you make uh, impassioned, very well-presented speeches, like about a week ago to the Ukiah City Council, oh, yeah, that, that prompted uh, this invitation yeah, to be on I, Radio Curious. Okay. So the occasion but, was... But wait, wait. Let's talk about the wild accusations with regard to the president of the savings bank. Are you affirming those or withdrawing those? Oh, I affirm them, but there's wild accusations only. So they're not true, or they are true? I don't true. know if they're true or not. Okay, okay. So moving on. You're, you're a good lawyer. You're, this is a lawyer cross-examining <laughs> cross a witness. Yeah, he's full of well, this is this, this is just a uh, <laughs> this just an interview with Richard Johnson, yeah, yeah. who's been the editor of uh, four newspapers, uh, living and working and being a community organizer in Mendocino County for the past uh, twenty five years. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Uh, Richard, I want to stay with marijuana for a bit. There's a discussion about medical marijuana. Some people have said the concept of medical marijuana is a political ruse, that many people enjoy marijuana just as many people enjoy wine, but we don't hear of medical wine. Why do we hear of medical marijuana? Why not just allow marijuana to be? I don't know. I favor complete decriminalization. I believe medical marijuana was sold to the people of California in Proposition 215 as a halfway step to decriminalization in order to benefit people who are suffering and who needed marijuana, for example, on their way to die or who are undergoing chemotherapy. And so, and it's compassionate. So the voters of California said, okay, for these suffering patients, we will decriminalize marijuana, but only in this way. However, because it is only a partial decriminalization, it has created the situation that you noted before, the crime, the environmental abuse, the uh, foreigners coming in and so forth, under the guise of medical marijuana, because partial decriminalization of a banned substance creates the anomalous situation of high supply and high price, ample supply and high price simultaneously, which contradicts the laws of economics. But that's what partial bans do. Or, and I, the way I state it is that medical marijuana is a government-granted franchise for a banned substance which is highly popular and it is uh, I call it um, an absurd disaster in that way now I am in a coalition with medical marijuana people to defeat measure B so I don't want to sit here and, and trash medical marijuana much longer but I would like to say that personal use 
is what has been overlooked in the debate about marijuana and that all marijuana has been equated with medical marijuana in the debate. Well, what the political debate needs to do is to include personal use because that was what the people of Mendocino County approved in Measure G. Richard, let's talk about Richard Johnson. Sure. You said that uh, you are little understood and seldom appreciated. How would you like to be appreciated? As an innovator, as a, a free thinker, a guy who is willing to accept uh, criticism and ostracism in order to break new ground in, in thinking and action. And I'm really into action. How would you like to see that appreciation expressed? Oh, I don't care about it. being remembered as a great guy. I just think that people should seek political power and elect environmentalists to off office and uh, create permanent organizations to protect the environment. Now, I'm a member of the Green Party. The Green Party of Mendocino County could be such an organization. But my fellow Greens have resisted being organized by me uh, pretty, uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty strongly. Greens don't like to be organized, and I'm an organizer, so there's a lot of tension there. Do you feel that their resistance uh, within the Green Party membership is to you personally or to the concept of being organized? Well, to me personally also is that Why? People, well, nobody likes the guy who knows something. You're familiar with that, I think. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the person that knows more than other people is expected to hide their, their talents under a bushel, uh, to use the biblical phrase. That people are expected to... Uh, to uh, not show how well-educated or how competent they are in order to be accepted socially. And uh, this, is, this is a very tribal kind of culture here in Mendocino County. And I think marijuana growing has a lot to do with it, that the groups of growers up in the hills have their, their members of their little societies. And anybody who's new uh, is, is, uh, is uh, put on a trial period. And if they act uh, like a loose cannon, for example, or a problem, a guy who's more trouble than he's worth, then you end up being like Richard Johnson. Tell us about your personal experience with marijuana. Oh, I stopped smoking uh, probably about three years ago. Why? My lungs are shot. <clears throat> I have uh, congestive heart failure. I'm, I, I don't drink and I don't smoke. Do you eat marijuana? Oh, no. Have you ever? I, it makes me want to pass out. I remember eating a brownie at a rock concert, and I was prostrate for about two and a half hours. What happens is my blood vessels expand, of course. My heart can't keep up, and so <clears throat> I can't stand up. I have to stare at the ceiling and try to breathe. Well, Richard, I can't help but asking, sitting with you here in the studios of Radio Curious, I see a bright red sweatshirt. Oh, it's pink. It's a Minnie Mouse uh, sweatshirt that I got at... Uh, I get all my clothing from Lytton Springs Goodwill, and you can get T-shirts or sweatshirts for $2. On Friday, they're half price. Does the symbolism of Minnie Mouse and Disneyland represent anything about your beliefs? Not at all. It just keeps you warm? Yeah. In the heart? Yeah, and the other person that noticed it was Casey Meadows. She says, you look great in pink, Richard. <laughs> like, are you some kind of a... Well, Richard Johnson, I want to thank you for being with us on Radio Curious. And I have a couple of questions I'd like to ask before we close. One is, in the past year, what's the most important thing that you have learned? On Sunday, there was a meeting. 30 people were there. 
I worked hard on making that meeting happen. That meeting made history. It was a meeting of the No on B uh, campaign committee. Now, it included people who have ostracized me in the past. It included factions that completely disagree with me and with whom I completely disagree. It included Greens. It included people who are not Greens. What did you learn from that meeting? That I was right in continuing to try to put together the coalition that I'm looking for, which is a coalition of environmentalists and people who are comfortable with marijuana freedom. Do you think the others who attended that meeting uh, had the same learning? I was congratulated. People were giving me high fives and applause. This is the first time this has ever happened. I felt validated. And that's, this is good for me. I don't often get that kind of positive. The appreciation that yeah. you uh, uh, seldom see. Yeah. Well, Richard, the other question I want to ask you about is to tell us about an interesting book that you've read lately. I don't have time to read. I want to talk about Latinos. The people who are called Latinos are actually Mexicanos. And the Mexican people are seldom understood and, and, and little appreciated. And they make up about 40% of our population. So we need to stop and look at this as, as a political, uh, well, political issue, first of all. And now you, you go to a local shopping, or like a Food Max, a low-income kind of shopping situation, you look around, 40% of the faces you see are brown. These are the Mexican people. They're here. They're having children. The children are going to be 18. Those that are born here need to be voters. The Mexican people are, have been stigmatized. What we have here, Barry, is a form of slavery, slavery, where 40% of the population isn't allowed to drive a car. 40% of the population will never vote. 40% of the population speaks a language that excludes them from most county services. When you say here, it's not only in Mendocino County, it's statewide of and course. in many aspects nationwide. Absolutely. And right now the government is going around rounding them up and sending them to Mexico. And, and, this, and if this were to happen in Germany, you know, against the Jews, then we'd know what it was. And when it happens here in our country, we're seeming to ignore it. What we need to do is understand this is what happened to the Jews in Germany. They were rounded up and then bad things happened. And what we need to do is understand that these people have a right and they should be allowed to be here. That right comes from the fact that they are not immigrants. They are conquered people on their conquered territory. They're the only so-called group of immigrants whose country was stolen from them as part of the United States of America in 1850 in, a, in an imperialist war that would be absolutely illegal today. And what they have to suffer when they come here is complete segregation and discrimination. While there have been no roundups in Mendocino County, there have been roundups all over the country. Richard Johnson, thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. By the way, I published four papers, one of which is in Spanish. It's called El Sol, E-L-S-O-L. And the others are Mendocino Country Independent, which is the political paper, Mendocino Country Confluence, which is the county's only holistic health paper, and Mendocino Country Diversity, which is a countywide art and entertainment guide. Richard Johnson died on Wednesday, March 16th, 2011, in Ukiah. 
A memorial celebration for his life is planned for April 17th at the Saturday Afternoon Club in Ukiah. For more information on the Richard Johnson Memorial Celebration, contact the Mendocino Environmental Center, 468-1660. Mendocino Country will continue to be published by two journalists in Mendocino County. Christina Onestot, the associate producer of Radio Curious, and Annie Esposito will do this work. You may contact the new publishers of Mendocino Country at the Mendocino Environmental Center, 707-468-1660, or 106 West Stanley Street in Ukiah, 95482. El Sol, the Spanish-language newspaper published by Richard Johnson, will continue. It will be published by Agosto Chire, alias Zezi. You may contact Zezi at 707-468-0421 or at 1280 South State Street in Ukiah, California, 95482. All Radio Curious programs are free at our website, radiocurious.org. Our phone is 707-462-6541. Email is curious at radiocurious.org. Stale mail is Post Office Box 7, Ukiah 95482, California. Christina Onestad is our associate producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening. <laughs>